0: Hi, this is Sheila Jackson with The Good CEO, where you'll meet bold, unapologetic CEOs who have taken a stand for good, who have found innovative ways to align profit with purpose and make a positive social impact. I guarantee we're going to have fun and learn new ways to expand our businesses and help our communities thrive, even change the world, all at the same time. My goal is to inspire you to positive action. my guest today, Carla Hall. She's best known as one of the co-hosts from the Emmy Award winning series, The Chew. She can be seen on Good Morning America as a culinary contributor, and she's been featured as a judge on Crazy Delicious on Netflix and Bake Away Camp. But for me, most of all, she's known for her yummy, delicious biscuits. (laughs) And she is Just a culinary artist, her artistry in elevating comfort food and soul food is just unmatched. If you've ever been to Sweet Home Cafe, which is housed in the Smithsonian National Museum for African American History and Culture in Washington DC, she is the culinary ambassador and one of the two chefs that designed that amazing menu for the cafe there. So without further ado, Okay, and welcome to The Good CEO, and I'm here with Carla Hall. Carla, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Sheila,
1: finally the dates aligned. Even though Mercury's in retrograde, Mercury is in retrograde, but we have still aligned. <laughs> yes,
0: we we have made it through and you know i as i told you my my goal with this podcast was to talk about i said you know one of the qualities that i always emphasize about the good ceo is being unapologetic and i thought who do i know that really embodies that and i'm telling you seriously the image of you on on the chew with your salt and pepper hair you know mostly salt in the front and your curl <laughs> yeah. your curly hair you know It just, I was like, Carla, I've got to call Carla because I just, I love the way, you know, I just went to an event about the Crown Act and Mm. really learned a lot about that. And just all of the, the ish that we have around our hair and just, you know, that's one of the things to just stand in who you are, to stand in your curls, to stand in, in your gray and everything, to stand in the power of that unapologetically did a lot for a lot of women who have been carrying around. I'm sure people have commented to you about that.
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you said that it wasn't necessarily, it was a decision that was made on a whim. And then when it was challenged in the moment, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, When, when I said, you know what, I'm not going to color my hair. And I got a, we'll see from the, the, ABC exec. I'm like, um, why don't you send me an email about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, and and I am a little bit of a rebel. If you had to do Gretchen Rubin's um, four tendencies, I I am a little bit of a rebel, and so that lined up for no saw.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> no you, you just
1: I you, I just, you just threw down the gauntlet, and I'm like, um, oh no, I will be jumping this broom. Um, So for me, and I I thought about friends who were coloring their hair to get a job if they were looking for a job, friends who were coloring their hair to keep a job, but they were doing it for reasons external of themselves. I don't care if you color your hair, but it should be your decision. And so I thought, what better place to actually test this than on a national television show and I had already looked around. Like, where can where can I find a woman with gray hair on air? And I didn't find too many. And There were some local news uh, folks, maybe one or two that I saw, but they have contracts that they can't change their hair. They can't gain over 10 pounds, you wow. know. And it's not just for the women, but it's 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 all of these physical things. But I'm like, don't we change as people?
0: Exactly. So
1: how is it that, that your news takes precedent over the natural changing of people and when we talk about dolls and we talk about magazines and all of those things but every day if you're watching your your news person and they're the same that they have been they've been looking the same for the past 25 years something's not right about that
0: exactly exactly we naturally change and why not Honor that and just yes. acknowledge it. It's, it's insanity, and it just sets us up for this. I don't know, just impossible journey that mm-hmm. we set ourselves up for, and these expectations that we have of ourselves. And right. I mean, but you know, your hair is still illegal in probably about forty states. <laughs> <laughs> when I in so a certain that, workplace, <laughs>
1: right? Well, the woman who was the weather person. And somebody said that her hair was unprofessional. And I was like, wait a minute, I've worn that style. And I'm like, in what world can we not change our hair? I mean, just because I did it didn't mean that I didn't get pushback. So what I did was once I got that, once I decided that I wasn't going to color my hair and then I got that response. Well, I got the response. I decided I wasn't gonna color my hair. And then a friend who had just gone to a new magazine said, oh hey, do you wanna do you wanna um write an op-ed? I'm like, yeah. Uh he said it doesn't have to be about food. I'm like, great. I I'm wanna I I'm wanna talk about going gray. So I was backing it up with an article. Yeah, so I was that's like, if fantastic. something happens to me, I've already, <laughs> I've already <laughs> i written it my piece. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, yes. Um so that was just sort of covering my basis, but I still got pushed back from people uh, other women who were, who were like, you look old. And, and, and I'm like, it, it, I don't care if you color your hair, but why are you going to tell me what to do with my hair?
0: Exactly, exactly. And as someone who had locks for 20 years, I definitely know what you mean about that kind of judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. What what was said in this conversation is that, you know, it's really up to to black women to redefine what professional hair looks like and the professional hair is whatever makes you feel your most creative and and you know and just your most creative and your most energized to do the work that you're there to do that's what it's about
1: that's what it's about but how is it that my hair has to be in your likeness in order to be okay
0: well you know there's a long story behind that the goes back about four hundred years. <laughs> well, you know. We had to go back to the yeah. middle passage on that one. Right. Okay. But but yeah, but the other reason I really wanted you on this on the podcast is because in thinking about, you know, being unapologetic and, and even in just working with my clients, I coach um influencers, um, brands and and creative professionals as well on social impact strategy and brand storytelling and and part of that is you know it's about creating a business or a brand that means more than making money you have a mission beyond the bottom line Mm -hmm. which means you have to stand for something and be unapologetic about it and i find a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of people are a little timid about standing in that power and a lot of it traces back to a feeling of imposter syndrome. And when I realized that's what your podcast was about, because I was having a conversation with our mutual friend, Natasha McCrae oh. <laughs> about imposter syndrome and, you know, figuring out that that was what your podcast was about, I said, we have to have this conversation.
1: Yeah, you know, um, so this whole thing of imposter syndrome, and I, I recently did a show, and every time I think I've overcome it, then there it is to slap me in the face um... even then this was this was a show that i was doing and i was cooking and all of a sudden i felt like and i wasn't even competing but i felt like i was competing and so it threw me back into the days of top chef and where i'm looking around and i don't see anybody who who looks like me um age wise you know um, color wise um, and so you're you're questioning why me, why am I here? You know, am I the butt of a joke? Am I, you know, like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you yeah. tell yourself. Um, and then there's a moment when you, something clicks and you're like, wait, I'm supposed to be here. And as soon as that happened for me, then you think, okay, I'm not gonna go through this again. And then here I was going through it again, like very recently And I think imposter syndrome is real and, and I, I just think it's either, either, you know, you're pinching yourself you're like, I can't believe that I'm here in this space, you know, where you've a place where you hoped that you would be and here you are and you're like, wait, um, is it real? Or waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I talk to people, and a lot of people do have that thing. No matter how successful you think that they are, they still have that little kernel of. It's it's kind of like doubt, and you know, is it true? Is it real? And I don't know if it's that that edge that keeps you working hard with work ethic and all of that. You know, um, mm-hmm. why that shows its face.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely shows this face with a lot of entrepreneurs who are taking stands on social issues and and whatever issues are just opening your heart and connecting that heart space with your business when you decide you're going to align yourself with a cause. It's a, you know, it's it's creating a bigger, you know, footprint. And I think it's a tough transition for some for some people i'm finding it's real because it's really getting into what i really want to do in the world you know and once you get to that really vulnerable that's like the most vulnerable space you know your most treasured dreams your biggest dreams your biggest goals the changes you want to make in the world the things you Mm -hmm. want to do you know in society you know I just, a lot of people hit that point, and and that imposter syndrome just rears this little head.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think it's because we're all afraid of being judged at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if I really put my beliefs out there, is somebody going to shut them down? Are they going to judge me? Um, and, And we're in a very judgmental time right now. Oh yeah, um, I mean people, and I and I don't know if it's because it helps people feel better, and and this is a time that you really have to stand in your truth, so that when somebody comes along and like, oh, I can't believe you believe in that, you're like, yep, sure do.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, and and you know if this period did nothing else for us, it did help a lot of people. You know, I used to have these friends that would be on Facebook, and they go, you know, I try not to, I don't like to get political. And I would get a little angry because I said, you know, my very existence is political, is a political Mm -hmm. issue, whether I want to make it so or not. And I think that with the things happening right now in our culture and in America in particular, you know, people have had to to take a stand, you know, because this is at the root of our very humanity, you know, the kinds of issues that we're faced with right now.
1: Yes, yes. And, and people want to draw a line in the sand um, and say either you're on this side or that side. And my whole thing is not it's never been or it's and. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my life, and my, my dad used to say this, that I've always been a balancer. I've always been in the middle and maybe that's because my parents divorced when I was really young, so I felt like I was in the middle trying to balance the two of them. Uh, I don't, I don't remember doing that but I was always trying to balance and I've always done that with my friends and I've always had people who didn't seem to we wouldn't have all been together but I was the one in the middle sort of creating this community and I mean I had somebody the other day say oh because you had this person on your podcast I'm going to unfollow you I'm like oh is this, is this what cancel culture is? Is this, is this what it is? And, I, and I'm like, but in, in what world do you get to choose me and I can't choose you? Maybe I don't want you to be my follower.
0: Exactly, and you know, so, I have a mantra. I am not for everybody, and that's no, okay.
1: But nobody is, and that is okay. And mm-hmm. why do you think that you saying, actually making that declaration in public is okay? Or, and, and it's fine because it's like somebody saying, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, I don't, I don't want to. OK, maybe not that example. But when somebody makes a declaration that they are not going to do the thing, but they just want to say it to, to make this to make them feel better and bigger. And so I think that we have to think about those things. There's there. There's no one that I wouldn't talk to, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I mean, I I think That if I go into a situation with an open mind and my mind is changed during that conversation, then we were really listening. Well, at least I was. But maybe if their mind was changed, they were listening too. Um, You know, I, I think that we can't be so quick to shut our minds down with what we think we know because we've had the, we're not having a conversation, we're going in wanting to be right.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so you're listening for your next, you know, entrance to come in mm-hmm. and say the next thing.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting space to live in. I think that the moment we're in was inevitable and we just have to, you know, be very intentional about how we move forward in this situation. But yeah, it's 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 a fascinating time to be unapologetic. Because but, you are drawing lines in the sand though when you do yes. have and when you are willing to stand for something,
1: but now let me tell you, so I was interviewing Chelsea Handler and I said, "Oh Chelsea, I had this um, I had this um, segment in my in my podcast called Biscuit Time, and I love making biscuits. Oh, we should make biscuits together." She was like, uh uh-uh, uh I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that." And I was like, "Oh my God, that is so freaking amazing has she had so- Has
0: she not had your biscuits? <laughs> no,
1: she hasn't. Because we have made
0: biscuits together.
1: <laughs> we have made biscuits together. But what I loved about that moment was unapologetically she could say, I don't want to do that. And we so often don't do it. We will say, oh, that'll be great. Knowing full well you don't want to do that thing. And so I think that as women, because we're always trying to please, mm-hmm. it, is, it is empowering to have a woman say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's a revolutionary I, revolutionary all day long. I don't care if somebody tells me no. And so I try when people are asking me things and I will think about, I'm like, no, I really don't want to do that. Or they'll, they're talking to me and then I'm like, I'm sorry. I wasn't actively listening to you. What did you say? I mean, I'm actually going to tell you what, where I was in that moment <laughs> because I I want to be very honest with you where I am. And if I'm saying this in love, it should be okay. And that you're not getting anything like any rub about it. Because if you, I always think if I have, if I get a tug about something or frustration, that lesson is mine. If Mm -hmm. I don't and I'm indifferent, it is not mine. But I have to stay on my side of the fence in order to understand where I am on the on that line with that line
0: right right so were you were you always more on the unapologetic side no. of things or is that something you grew into? What's been your journey to grown, get here?
1: uh, I've grown into it because I was also i was very shy I wanted to go along so i I, so i could get along i Mm -hmm. i was afraid to rock the boat um and i'm borderline introvert extrovert too so you know i have i mean people think that i'm an extrovert because you see me when i'm out in the public but then i i really do have to come home and and gather my energy before i can go out again um and There was there was a, a situation, I think about this all the time, I had a friend, um, Rosalind Johnson, and, and we were, this is when I was modeling, and we were in Milan. And it's getting an agency to represent you is just as hard as actually getting the job. And so we were out looking for agents, and this agency was interested in me. And we were just gone, oh, actually we were in Bologna, we'd gone for the day, or a couple days. And they were coming, and... And, and picking me up and I didn't want to tell them that I had a friend who was also there with me and I and and she was just standing there and I walked away I have felt shitty about that ever since then it was like 20 some years ago and I'm like I cannot believe I did that that one event changed how I show up for my friends how I am very honest in telling people, um, where I am. And I'm real. I, it's something that I had to really work on even in my companies and to tell somebody exactly how I feel about whatever transpired, because, um, when I hold it in, then it comes out all sideways and it's yeah. not good for anybody. Yeah.
0: And it comes out, it's going to come out. It's just, is it going to come out physically? Is it going to come out, where it's impacting your well-being, you know, but it's going to come out. But I think that once you get started, because I I was very shy growing up too, and I I totally get where you're coming from. And but it's like once I started feeling the freedom of being honest, mm. as as challenging as it as it has been and as it was, especially at the beginning. Once you experience the freedom and just the relief of not carrying it yes. and instead letting it go, you know, unleashing it, you just don't want to go back. It's like a woman who leaves an abusive husband. Once you, you know, forego beatings for a few days, you're not going back. <laughs> <laughs> right that may be a bad example
1: we we take it to the end we go there we take it to the I know you um, with this
0: suicide thing and you know
1: but yeah. I, but I agree you know I did this emotional clearing um and and I I had to meet this this guy and I was I was I was running late and um and the elevator was really slow and I had to go up to the 10th floor and I get up there and I say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I'm late. I know you're waiting on me. He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I you know my appointment. He's like, no, I'm just, if you came, you came. I, I didn't project what I thought you were doing. And, and that was a lesson too, to stay on your own side of the fence. So often we feel badly because in our heads, we're having a conversation yeah. that the other person is having that they may or may not be having and so when you stay on your own side of the fence and you you try to do the best that you can do you come up you're like you know um not projecting what they were doing it's like the elevator was late i'm here i'm ready you know versus and as women we're like i'm so sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry why are you sorry are you really yeah. sorry or does that become a thing that we just say um to appease. Like, why yeah. do we keep saying that?
0: Because you're living in that projected unreality or fantasy, really, because it's really just a fantasy. It's not yeah. true. Yes. You know, right. it goes back to, I forgot who that was, where you asked the questions, is that the agreements? Is it true? Is it really true? Oh, the four agreements. Is it really, really true? <laughs> is it really, really, really true? <laughs> And it really, but you do have to question yourself because it's like checking yourself on, you know, what's really happening and what's just mm-hmm. in your mind. Right. You know, right. what you created based on past experiences. And I think a lot of that comes into play with with imposter syndrome, too. Because uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. maybe those thoughts of what maybe you were, who you were told you were or what you felt your place was based on some some past moment or experience, you know, things that just aren't true.
1: Right. Right. I um and what I, what I've tried to do um uh, like that recent moment that I had that felt like imposter syndrome or I just I felt like I didn't know enough and why was I in this situation? And I I would go home and 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 I'm like, you know, darn well that it's okay, but I had to live through that thing and i said okay i i'm just going to get up every day and actually feel feel all of this stuff that i'm feeling because i don't want to have to push it down and i made a conscious decision to to say okay if i'm uncomfortable i'm just going to sit here and feel it I'm going to sit here and just feel uncomfortable. Where is it? Where's it uncomfortable? Is it in my elbow? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my knee? Yeah. Um, and just feel it because what happens, I know what I do is I will stuff it down and go on or laugh or, you know, chuckle or make a joke um, just to move through that feeling when I'm actually not feeling. And I, and I, if you think about it, a lot of um comedians are actually very sad people. They're just you know, covering hurts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if if you could give advice to someone who who is still saying sorry and still, you know, kind of fearful of standing in their truth, what what would it be?
1: I think they have to, you can't go from zero to 60, I mean, overnight. So I think it is starting with little things that it doesn't really matter. So if somebody says, what do you want to eat tonight? Instead of saying, I don't know, or you choose, you you probably know what you want to eat. (laughs) Right. I go through
0: this with my son quite frequently. So
1: start with that. And, um, or, or in the morning say, you know what, what do I want to eat? Um, and then, in the, so prepare yourself, or even just, like, what do you want to eat? Think about what you want to have tonight. And then go to the person that you're going to be eating with say, you know, tonight I want to have blah, 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 blah. Or, you know what I mean? So, or, or, you know, they're going to ask you, have an answer and, and don't back off that answer. And then once you practice little things like that, like a little answer, do you want to go outside? Do you want to go to the movies? Do you want to go? You have an answer. Sometimes you may not know, but force yourself to make a decision on what you want to do. And I think the practice of that, um, you will eventually get used to owning your power in that moment.
0: Yes, I, I like the term practice because I often say you know with certain things. It's not a destination that you get to, but it's a practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
0: you think that... Um, I was having this conversation with someone that said there's always a hint of imposter syndrome left. It's never completely gone. And I don't know if I agree with that, but I would think that it's something that can recur as we continue to grow and expand and set new goals and, and expand and want you know bigger things in life that we have to kind of grow into those shoes.
1: Yeah, I w- I would agree. I would say that would be my answer too because every time something feels new, it's a journey. So you're you're like, "Oh, am I ready for this?" And I, and I think the universe is so much smarter than we are. So the universe is going to give you things that you are ready to grow into that you would not have put yourself uh forward for. So I like think like 2020 that-
0: like 2020 baby
1: i mean 2020 everybody everybody's like oh my god oh my god oh my god but we were all growing through this and it has been horrific Mm -hmm. it has been but we've also had to pivot we've had to find a new normal um i remember when um i i in the beginning, I was thinking, oh, the universe is saying slow down and rest. And I, and I had shifted to that place. And then, you know, people were like, oh, we need food content. I'm like, wait, di- didn't you hear the universe say slow down?
0: I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to But now to we universe. need recipes because we're tired of cooking <laughs> the same old chicken.
1: <laughs> right, right. So then, you know, so there was that. And then people were complaining about being at home. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm at home. And then four weeks go by, and then the jobs were like, Uh, okay, it's time to get back to work. Oh, I'm not ready to go back to work. But they spent four weeks complaining and not being present. And then now that it's time to go back, they're like, wait, now I'm ready to stay here. So I I think that making those transitions shorter, that's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, but I really try to just be in them. I'm like, okay, I'm at home. So what am I gonna do, you know? and, and then I was complaining about all of the, the, the work that I had to do of six people when you're doing a video at home. But then I said, wait a minute, didn't I say to the universe, I want to create content, I want to be a producer, I want to do all these things. What am I doing? I am producing. So careful what you wish for and really say, did I ask for this or how did I ask for this and that it came to me and you didn't recognize it in the way that it came. So, I I'm very careful to not damn myself up.
0: Yeah, because it's about being ready to step into the power of of the intention that you set. Right, cuz the right. universe was listening and then you forgot you said that. Right. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I was like, oh, "Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
0: Okay." Yeah, definitely. So, so what what's next for you what's what's going on now where can people see you next
1: so i'm doing the podcast um say yes like you like you mentioned and that was something that i'd been wanting to do i had no idea how to do it and even when that started i was like oh i don't know how to do this but I, i was willing to to not really to make a tiny tiny salary so i could learn on somebody else's dime and that's another thing um and then you know projects with the Food Network. I just finished um, the Halloween baking championship, which aired, and now we're going into the holiday baking championship. And then um, looking at some other projects going forward, I have also designed some um, prints and fabrics that um, so you'll see me wearing these aprons, and that just happened to be how I'm using the fabrics where they could. Oh, be that's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, so I'm 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 really, really excited about that. I I love mixed prints. Um I wanna show people how they can use mixed print. So everything is sort of um mixed print okay. <laughs> and, and new and, and trying to do some fabrics that um that feel like my culture. I, I mean I wouldn't wear I I'm from Nashville, but I wouldn't want any country chickens. That's not my vibe, right. but I do have some patterns with sliced okra, some collard greens, some corn that doesn't look country that I think is new, some adinkras and African flowers. Oh, I love and, adinkra
0: <clears throat> symbols.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I was trying to, to really embrace the culture, but make it fresh and new and, and me. these prints
0: well that's going to be beautiful and exciting i know and the colors will be vibrant (laughs) yes
1: yes yes oh my gosh because even in the kitchen so sheila when we look at a lot of the the things that are in the kitchen either it's crazy country or it's dull black blue or it's like bright bright like oh lord okay yeah i'm from the south
0: too i'm from memphis so you know (laughs) i i think a kitchen should be orange or yellow Right where I it's come like from.
1: that joy, you know, but I do want to bring the joy in the kitchen, even in the colors, but something that that is joyful, but also looks like something that a hip person might have in their kitchen.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see it, yeah, I can't wait to see it. and did this come just over the lat this year in 2020? Is this one of the yeah. blessings of of the time of 2020?
1: Well, it's one of the blessings of the times. I was actually working on a line of products, like frozen food products. And the, the food supply chain was just breaking down rapidly you know, yeah. at the beginning of this. And I just abandoned it. And I was like, okay, let me pivot to something else that, that I've always wanted to do. And I had just such a great team working with me. And, and those relationships that they had... So, um, I started working on, on these other things. And, and because of COVID, I had the time because I was at home. I mean, I haven't been at home this long in eight years.
0: Wow. You know, yeah. like being I at home with my it. husband. Because,
1: yeah, because I was working in New York and living there. And, and so it's, and, and I know that it's been so tough for so many people. But what I try to do is find the blessing for me and myself. Um, You know, and being at home and, you know, just living a very simple life and pulling out weeds. I'm like, that was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I, you know, a lot of people may not think of you as as a CEO. and, And that's the other reason I wanted to bring you on here because, you know, a CEO takes on many different forms. And CEOs can be in that creative space, which I consider cooking, you know, an artistry. Um, And I just, you know, admire how you you are at the helm of, you know, everything that's going on in your career and in your life. And, you know, because I was able to reach out to you, even though we know each other, (laughs) you know, about this particular, um, you know, about doing the good CEO, but. It's, it's really a lot to think about when you're thinking about embracing all those different parts of yourself that I'm not just a chef, you know, I like to create, I want to create media, I want to create, you know, things that are reflections and extensions of who I am. And just embracing all of that, I, I you know, I commend you for that, because that is definitely, I think what this period is about for a lot of us is really starting to express, fully express, to live the fullest expression of ourselves?
1: 100%. Every year for the past um, three years, so my team was an assistant and then a content producer. I mean, it was just three of us for the longest time. And we would get together and have like a little two-day retreat, and we would put up big... Um, sticky notepads on the wall and they would all be in these various buckets. And I would look at what I did the year before and I would say, okay, that was an appearance, that was like a talk show, that was um, um, something that I want to do, a brand that I want to work with. And we would do stickies and we would just put all this stuff up on the wall. And then mm-hmm. we'd take a picture of it. And then the next year we're like, okay, how, what did we accomplish from that last year? and um, what do we want to do this year and so that has been a growing process and i knew that for me it's not just about television it's not just about food it is um, all of these buckets and interests that i have and how does that look i don't i don't want I don't want to just be that one person like, oh, they think about me when um, I'm on television. I can only make an egg or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to do the podcast. And so you can see a different side of myself. That's why I wanted to do the design stuff so you can see a different side of me. And with my team, I'm like, oh, you're great at this. Okay, we're going to do something like that. You like writing children's books. Oh, my God, I have a children's book. That's going to be announced in in, uh, December. I'm going to have a children's book. Oh, that's awesome so excited um so i instead of my team being a triangle and i'm at the top the pinnacle and everybody else is at the bottom i'm like we are a box and we're going to all move up together and i want to take advantage of what everybody has to offer because if you like operations and this is what you do let's lean into what you do and see how you get paid doing this, and we're all working together to move this exactly. box up. Exactly,
0: exactly. And that
1: is like the, the good CEO, and really trying to have longevity, and and trying to say, um, look, let's let's make sure that you're getting paid and doing what you're doing. Yeah, and doing and so, what
0: you love, you know. And like I yes. say, let my hashtag is Let's Rise Together.
1: Yes yes
0: it doesn't have to be i don't have to you know stand on top of somebody else in order to to get there Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know let's all rise together yeah so on that note thank you so much for your time and this has been amazing i know we could probably talk for an hour or two and bring (laughs) in some food and we could really keep going and a bottle of wine but uh, <laughs> we'll do. We're gonna. We're gonna do that next year. We will do that next year, post COVID, when we can head back to uh, maybe DC. Maybe we'll have to come to DC and okay. hang out. But um, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for visiting the Good CEO. And we will be looking out for all that you do, and I will definitely be listening more and continuing to listen to say yes to your podcast for wandering that's available on all platforms on apple and all platforms where podcasts are found pretty much so thanks again
1: thank you so much
0: thank you for joining the good ceo the good ceo is a production of eve's Lime. for more information visit eveslime.com or thegoodceo.co